Welcome back to Nurse Talk, where laughter is the best medicine. Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with Shane Mason, and we are two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. The latest Kaiser Family Foundation Health Tracking Poll finds that public opinion on the Affordable Care Act remains more negative than positive, with 47% viewing the law unfavorably, which is closer to levels measured earlier this year after rising to 53% in July, and 35% having a favorable view. Partisan divisions on the law are as deep as ever, not only when it comes to overall opinion, but also in the public's perception of how the law has impacted their own families and the next steps they want Congress to take. But is Obamacare making a difference to those who did not have insurance and are now covered? With questions like these, it's always time for our healthcare expert, Donna Smith. Donna, welcome back to Nurse Talk. Always a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Casey. And hi, Shane. Hi. So how are you doing? How are you feeling? Let's start off with how things are going in your world. I'm feeling all right. You know, I, I think uh, the cancer is in remission right at the moment, which is great. That is good. We have a few little lingering issues going on, but, you know, don't we all at this stage of our lives? That's right. And sadly, none of that has to do with your, with your health care coverage. So exactly. it's, it's been almost a year since the launch of Obamacare. Give us the upside first. Well, the upside is that we do have more than 30 million more people who have some kind of coverage who didn't have coverage in the past. Yes. That's an awful lot of people. That's almost 10% of the U.S. population that actually has some access to coverage and health care that they didn't have before. So I think that's really positive. I think the other extraordinarily positive thing is the states that expanded Medicaid. You know, the expansion yes. of Medicaid is, is uh, partly responsible for a lot of those numbers of people who have coverage now. And those people are the people who most desperately need it. So, Donna, then what are some of the downsides to what's happened? Well, I think we're all seeing some of the downsides as we experience uh, our health care system under the Affordable Care Act. I think there's still glitches being worked out. But I think, as I've shared with, with this audience before with Nurse Talk, um, I went with a Kaiser plan in particular, and Kaiser uh, garnered a huge amount of the business in Colorado and nationwide um, from the exchanges and from the sale of insurance. And Kaiser did not prepare well for the, the influx of people, um, either intentionally or unintentionally, didn't get ready for how many people were coming into their system and needing care. So you see some, some massive uh, uh, delays problems. There aren't enough primary care docs to see uh, all the people who need to be seen at this point. You also are seeing some states like Indiana. I just uh, interfaced with someone from Indiana uh, yesterday and a very, very conservative state with a conservative legislature, very conservative governor that did not initially expand Medicaid. Now taking a look at how they can go back and and redo that because they've got 600,000 people who would have been eligible for some kind of coverage. 600,000 people wow. who don't have it now who could get it if they would go back and rethink that. So lots yet to work out. Yes. And and also, Donna, when you, sh you shared your experience of getting health care, did you not also find that Kaiser did you the disservice of not telling you about the huge deductible you had to pay? Absolutely. And in, in, in maybe a slight defense of Kaiser in that, um, when I signed up, I signed up with one of the exchange reps on the line with me talking with that person. And I looked really at those plans where I could afford the monthly premium. It looked like they covered the things I needed and so forth. But there was no one who told me, hey, Donna, do you understand that if you should get ill or have a problem, you could go right up to the max 
of deductibles, which is a little bit over $6,000 per person. And it was pretty frightening for me to, to find that out. Naturally, I got sick in January and uh, almost immediately racked up that amount of debt. And it was, it's been very difficult. Now I'll have to go back and look when we go into open enrollment again uh, towards December and see if I can afford to bump up my coverage to a little bit better plan, but it'll take more every month in premiums. And then maybe I'll have less of a deductible. And then who knows whether next year I'll actually get sick and need that. But I've heard from many, many people that they really felt like the disclosures on the deductibles were unclear at best. Yes. And in some cases, not made at all. So you've got a lot of people out there who thought maybe we won't end up with medical debt as bad as it were, including people like me, pretty well educated mm-hmm. about the process going, oh, my word, I've got now deductibles and things I have to pay out of pocket. I never dreamed I would. Mm -hmm. So, okay, now that we've reviewed the ACA, let's talk about your passion and something that you hold dear in your heart, which is universal health care or what is uh, commonly referred to as single payer health care. Absolutely. We just had this wonderful conference in Oakland where three separate groups came together, all supporting an improved and expanded Medicare for all for life system great mix of the public and private. You get public financing put together with public and private delivery, which is what we really need. And the three groups that came together were the one-payer states, labor campaign for single-payer health care, and health care now. Over 300 people came together from all over the country, literally from Maine to Hawaii, from Texas to Washington State, to talk about what are the next steps in moving towards Medicare for All for Life in this country not to undo Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. That would be a backtrack that unimaginably difficult. As, as much as we can talk about some of the bad parts of the Affordable Care Act, if you were to talk about repealing it, you also would be repealing health insurance coverage for millions and millions of people. That's not workable. What is workable is getting this country to where the rest of the industrialized, civilized world is, where everybody has access to health care and they don't go broke trying to get it. Yeah, so, that, that's so true. Yeah. So um, how would single payer work? And, you know, the one thing I want to say is, is what we hear all the time. It's a communist plot. Why do people think that? How would it work and why is it always related to communism? Unless Medicare is a communist plot, uh, single payer isn't. I mean, Medicare is is essentially what we want everybody to have. We'd Mm -hmm. love the enrollment age for Medicare to go down to zero. That's what we'd really like. And uh, I think most people who listen to Nurse Talk have, have family members, friends who are on Medicare, or they're on it themselves, and they know it works just fine. Does it need some improvement and expansion? Absolutely. But you take it to your physician, whoever you choose to go see, not whoever your insurance company chooses, but who you choose to go see, and they, they take that coverage, and that coverage is reimbursed out of one financial pool that's the premiums are collected in in Medicare's case through Social Security. If we expanded it through all of us, most of us pay a Medicare tax on our our income. And that's exactly the way we would pay for it under a a plan that was expanded to everybody. Uh, So it's not really complicated. The people who don't want to see it happen, I guess you can guess who they are. Yes, indeed. Insurance companies don't want it. Big Pharma doesn't want it because they don't want us all to be able to negotiate for drug prices that are within reason, like the rest of the world does. So I think leave that communist plot stuff in the dust, folks, if you can. It really isn't the Red Army marching down Main Street. It's just not the way it works. 
And uh, I was in Canada visiting once, and I, I thought, uh, interesting, they seem to be working just as hard here. They seem to be having lives that are very productive, and yet they all have access to health care. This is a good thing. Yes, and it's definitely not a per- perfect system. But the key point I think you made there um, and why it's not a communist plot is this is something we pay into. You know, they call Medicare an entitlement benefit. In fact, it is paid for by all of us. So yes. you pay into that system. And In my mind, it's an earned benefit. We it is a, you're, you're exactly correct. It is an earned benefit. I wish they wouldn't call it the other because that does lead people down that communism route, and it's just not true. Absolutely. So, Donna, you're the executive director for Healthcare for All Colorado. What's your organization's strategy regarding these issues? Well, our strategy at this point, because we all see the dysfunction in Washington and know that the the Congress in Washington is almost incapable of moving on most issues and likely to stay that way for some time to come until we really can get some of the big money influence out of politics. That's for sure. So in Colorado and in many other states, we're forging ahead, trying to innovate on the state level and create state single payer Medicare for all type plans. Um, states like Vermont are already well along the way and getting to that point. Colorado is trying to follow along those paths and make sure that we can get every resident of Colorado that access to a single standard of high quality care without financial barriers. States like big states like California and New York have some exciting new energy going on on ways to move that forward. So again, we don't have to go back and backtrack and throw out the Affordable Care Act. We can build on it, move forward, and create the kind of model we all want to have. I think that's so very important. And what's really important about that, it is, it is going to be a state-led initiative. We are going to have to do this from grassroots up because we cannot look to the federal government. Because as we can see, they cannot pass anything. So no, we got to go that way. So how can people find out more about the universal health care, single-payer movement, and what can they do to help? I think you can go to certainly healthcareforallcolorado.org. We'd love to see you on our site. But you can also go to healthcarenow.org. You can go to the labor campaign for single payer. If you're a working person or a union member, you can go see most unions are a member of that organization. You can go to uh, PNHP, which is Physicians for a National Health Program. And of course, you can go to National Nurses United and the California Nurses Association. Some of the um, most wonderful leaders in this movement have come, as you can imagine, from the wide community of nurses across the country who see it at the bedside every day and know this is the direction we have to go. So check out National Nurses United and the California Nurses Association for everything you want to know about single payer. And you may learn some other things about what's going on with nursing as well. That's right. And you want to stay informed and because this is a grassroots. And as you said, California, New York, but Vermont is also... Uh, really forging ahead, as is Colorado. So we're really looking to our blue states to um, to move this thing forward because we can't. It's not going to be the federal government that does it. That's for sure. And you know, Donna, we we wanted to ask too. How would you say uh, feel as a consumer to be fighting for your health care while you are ill? Does that affect your course of treatment and getting better and just having hope for everything? Well, of course it does. You know it does. You know, I I um, am not supposed to put myself under extreme stress. I mean, it's just not good for cancer patients. It's not good for any number of reasons, for any number of conditions that any one of us may have in our lives. And yet I find myself when one of the collectors or one of the billing office people calls me at home, 
uh, literally just un- unglued because I'm so yeah. angry about okay. the situation and trying to figure out how to pay the bills and how to make it happen. It's just extremely difficult, and none of us should be fighting those kinds of battles when we're also working on something with our health. It's just inhumane. And the, the stress levels... Yeah, you're so right, Donna. The stress levels that those who are insured are up against, plus those who are uninsured, really add to the overall health. Thanks, Donna. We appreciate it. Yeah, so we've got just a couple more seconds. Do you have anything else you want to say before we uh, head out here? Uh, Just nothing except thank you so much to Nurse Talk for staying on informing people not only about the Affordable Care Act and how we're all experiencing that, but on how we can move forward. It's going to take grassroots and you're helping build it. And we really appreciate that. Absolutely. And thank you too. So we've been talking with Donna Smith, Executive Director of Healthcare for All Colorado. For more information on the single payer movement, visit Donna at uh, healthcareforallcolorado.org or healthycaliforniacampaign.org.